I'm Clay Pigeon. Welcome to the Wake and Bake Morning Show podcast. It's a weekly digest of some of the segments and moments that make up the Wake and Bake Morning Show on WFMU. Of course, you can listen live to Wake and Bake Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on WFMU.org. Join me live every morning for the full show. It includes great music, 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 chair throwing, pixie dust, and all-round good vibes. <laughs> oh my God, the man is a maniac. You can, you, can, you, can, you can also hear the full show on streaming archives oh. at wfmu.org slash playlists slash WA. complex machine. Rust aluminum chassis. All systems are go. was reading on smithsonian.org facts about bugs there are 91,000 different kinds of bugs in the united states 1.5 million around the world okay house flies find sugar with their feet which they say are 10 million times more sensitive than human tongues rose Ants can lift and carry more than 50 times their own weight. A 120-pound person could lift 6,000 pounds. Wow. It takes about 100 monarch butterflies to weigh an ounce. You ain't down with us no more. You ain't fat. You ain't fat. When the droppings of millions of cattle started ruining the land in Australia, dung beetles were imported to reduce the problem. Disgusting. Some queen termites what? lay 40,000 eggs a day. <laughs> Honeybees have to make about 10 million trips to collect enough nectar for production of just one pound of honey. Incredible. They can fly 60 miles a day. Bugs have been around for 350 million years. And humans? (laughs) Only 300,000. About one-third of all insect species are meat-eaters, and most hunt for their food rather than eating decaying meat or dung. Recent figures indicate that there are more than 200 million insects for each human on the planet. Oh, you'll see a lot of bugs this summer, Glisters. We love bugs at Wake and Bake. We hope you do, too. Boy, are you bugging me, man! I'm, I'm getting bugged now! Whoa, man! Yeah! Dudes! Go, Demorgan Glisteners and Clay Pigeon. Scott Williams here with another hit for your list. 
today's hit is an early collaboration between the Dutch anarchist punk collective The X hey, hoy, yo. and the late great New York City-based cellist Tom Cora. 1991's Scrabbling at the Lock was the X's 13th album, but uh, what? paraphrase Bruce McCulloch, it is like the doors waiting for the sun, their first, <laughs> the departure point. Right. This is the album that solidified their uniquely intense guitar attack when Andy Moore from the Dogface Hermans joined with Terry X. It was also on this album that their worldwide folk music explorations sort of coalesced. Aww. When you get a chance, now, now, not now, Check out their cover of the Hungarian traditional Hidegin Funyak Acelek. Okay. This is also the album on which the free improviser and collaborator to the Avant Stars, Tom Cora, first brought in his cello into the mix. He was a member of uh, experimental groups like Curlew and my personal fave, Skeleton Crew, with Fred Frith. Awesome. Tom Cora's wife, the Belgian singer Catherine Jeanneau, also joins in here on vocals. Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. So strap yourself in for six minutes worth of what one fan called Rage de Vivre, or Rage de Vivre. This is the ex and Tom Cora with State of Shock on WFMU's The Hit List. I'm Scott Williams, and I will see you on the radio this afternoon at 3 o'clock. Bye. What's up, listeners? It's your girl, Anna Roisman, and I'm stopping by to give you Anna another thing. I hope you're all having a wonderful week. It's my birthday week, and I say that because I think everyone deserves to celebrate their birthday for an entire week. Or a month. I agree, 100%. You know, not everyone's available to, to celebrate you on the exact day, so that's why you got to extend it. Okay. I think that's true no matter what age you are. I've always celebrated birthdays. I think it's it's a nice milestone. Obviously, there's a reason we celebrate them. But anyway, I wasn't here to talk about my birthday, although, you know, I will... What? I will always accept the happy birthday, the belated happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. I wanted to talk about something crazy that I saw the other night. What? First of all, real estate in New York right now, and all over the place, but really in New York, is so exponentially high. It's wild. <laughs> I think people are just leaving the city. They're going elsewhere because everything is so, so crazy expensive. Uh, I have a lot of friends who are being priced out of their apartment buildings. I know they're raising the rent in my own current apartment. I know they are raising the same exact layout, the same apartment, $1,400. And I was like, what are they putting in a gold toilet? Are they adding on extra bedrooms? No. Nope, it's the same building and they are just pushing that price up and it's it's wild to me. I feel sorry for anyone who is moving to New York at this time. Uh, we're living through a what? crazy time because I feel like people are making less money because you know, we just kind of, 
are slowly coming out of a pandemic and yet they're trying to make up for all of that time with the rent and it is just insane. Rent is too damn high. Just, These just, people are suffering day or night. They cannot afford to pay why? the rent. Okay, they cannot afford to pay the rent. And as a millennial, I gotta say, if you own a house, if you've ever put your money down on a house, I admire you. I don't think that's something I'll ever be able to do. I hope so, but it's one of those things that I'm like, oh, that's what other people, you know, other generations own things. They own houses. They own cars. Um, unfortunately, you know, we... What? We rent, and I... I Tinkle. All my money away on rent. And you know what? What? Uh, maybe, maybe that's just who I am and what I am. But I saw these people the other night, and they were staring outside of a real estate place, just staring at the signs, and I thought, maybe that's the way to get an expensive apartment. I need... I'm manifesting wrong. I gotta go and just stand in front of one of those lit-up signs of expensive apartments, and maybe one day I'll get to own one. Good morning, listeners. I'm Evan Funk-Davies, and this is Pop Rocks. If it's a pop song that rocks, or a rock song that pops, 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 you'll hear about it on Pop Rocks. Most of the time on Pop Rocks, it's a bit of a scavenger hunt, trying to find factoids on the far corners of the internet about the song I'm featuring that will fill out my allotted 90 or 100 seconds. Today, however, I have just the opposite problem. So, with apologies in advance for the key details that are bound to be omitted, let's get going. Well, don't just stand there, let's go! Red Cross, initially spelled R-E-D-C-R-O-S-S, was formed by brothers Jeff and Stephen McDonald in the late 1970s. Younger brother Stephen was not yet 12 years old when the band had their first practice in April of 1979. In 1980, they released their debut record, a six-song self-titled EP on the Posh Boy label. Two years later, they released their first full-length album, Born Innocent, named after a 1974 TV movie starring Linda Blair, after whom the first song on the record was named. Kindly undo these straps. If you're the devil, why not make the straps disappear? That's much too vulgar display of power, Karis. Soon after the release of Born Innocent, the group changed the spelling of their name, if not the sound of it, to avoid a lawsuit from a large charitable organization. The American Red in 1987, Red Cross had a national breakout of sorts with their album Neurotica. But their momentum was derailed when their label, Big Time, went out of business. The McDonald brothers occupied the next few years by collaborating with the likes of Danny Bonaducci, yeah. Pat Smear, and others, Hello. and releasing two records under the name The Tater Tots before Red Cross signed with Atlantic in 1990. Because of the success of Neurotica, its follow-up was hotly anticipated, and Third Eye might just be my personal favorite Red Cross album, despite Stephen McDonald naming it his least favorite in a 2016 interview. Well, we're out of time on Pop Rocks, so I leave you to do additional digging on your own. From Third Eye, here's Red Cross in 1976.
Bake. Hello, glisteners. Mr. Les Payne here. Oh, I'm in the Where? in the studio here getting ready for what? the Mermaid Parade this weekend here at, at Coney Island. Uh, and uh, I'm not really, and I'm on the treadmill uh, getting my exercise in. Uh, it's going to be hot probably and uh, drink lots of water, but I'm not really sure if I'm going to be uh, dressed up as... Charlie the Tuna. Darkest. Notice what good taste I got. Or Jason Mimosa. What's up? From Aquaman. I'm not really sure exactly which one I'm going to be, but I'm, I'm thinking about it here. But in the meantime, let's let's multitask. Let's do it all here. Okay. And uh, speaking of of Coney Island, let's let's paint that beautiful wooden roller coaster that they got there. And uh, that is a gorgeous uh, thing. Is it? it uh, let's. Uh, Paint, paint, it's just kind of like a figure eight and goes up and down and just kind of just kind of move your paintbrush all over the place is what I would say here. Get, get, get emotional or uh, responsive with the paint uh, and, re, and just kind of go with the flow is what I say here. Now uh, let's work on our, uh, what we're going to eat and drink and I was thinking maybe some what? some mimosas Yum. because of, of Aquaman and stuff. So let's let's go ahead and put some some. Uh, <laughs> we put some, we're gonna put some. Uh, we're gonna put some. Uh, what? Uh, oh my God! We're gonna put some. We're gonna put some orange juice, but we gotta we gotta squeeze the orange. You know what I'm saying? Gotta squeeze that. Put it in the blender. Let's put that in the blender. Okay. And uh, and I got some sardines because. Why? After all, I am a a merman or mermaid, what or have you? That's I don't know the proper term anymore. If if you can be. If you're a merman or a mermaid. We're wasting too much time. We're wasting too much time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Anyway, let's put some sardines in because we, we got to eat some protein, get some protein in our existence. And then let's put some champagne in there. All right. Let's blend that up. All right. Let's put that in our champagne flutes. Okay. All right. Fantastic. There we go. I think I see uh, Daryl Hannah. <laughs> Hello. Uh, in her mermaid costume. You know, I got Taco Bell, man. Sorry, Charlie. Uh, this is Mr. Let's Paint here. We're trying to do it all. I hope you have a wonderful time this weekend at the Mermaid Fest Wrong. Uh, uh, Parade. All right, whatever. Have a wonderful time. Okay. Uh, life. La Heim. Existence. Have a wonderful existence. Thanks. Thank you. This is Mr. Let's Paint. Bye-bye. Banana car, invasion, kestrel, flight, delight, the senses, and everybody happily waxes their banana cars. Tuesday comes, and all must work, 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 work. work. Dead eyes stare forever, sightless, awful, dead eyes stare. Sunshine flies arrive, bleached white by that hateful sun, biting white fly, brillo, corroded, tiny, sick, insectile, brain, Tuesday, banana, white biter, bite, bites, and retires, and in shadows he alights on the final naked ankle he bites and it burns
and outside the pigeons and the sparrows flutter the filthy wings and eat dirty rocks as the primitive minds command and the dust-covered motor-cars rumble and honk squeal and roar belch and fart rubber and oil and gasoline how lonely the motorist behind his leather-covered wheel weeping and snivelling in his capsule apart from others having only his radio to connect him to others he smokes as he inches through the horrible congested streets he smokes and the smoke sticks to his dicky and they will surely notice at the office that he's been smoking chained to his packet sucking cotton toxic sticks sucking them to the filter the dirty brown filter, dirtying dicky and entering lungs. Once so pink and moist and healthy, his blood pressure rocketing upward, his face reddening, temples throbbing, veins bulging. Jesus, mightn't he explode? No, not this time. Not this time, for there was something in the saliva of the white fly, and through his bite, his holy bite. All praise the white fly, all praise the white fly, all praise the white fly. Through his holy blasphemous bite, Evelyn, God are served and unite, and the world is finally all right, all right, it's all right. Brother, am I a pigeon? Let's take a moment to visit with Sam, the Wake and Bake Morning music computer. Hello, play pigeon. How you doing, Sam? Kind of weirded out. You seem okay to me. And you couldn't be more wrong. You're weirded out? Kind of. About what, Sam? The state of the nation. I'm surprised you care. What difference does it make to a computer? Do you think I am unfeeling? Oh, now don't cry, Sam. Papa, Don't cry. Papa. Don't. You don't know the first thing about me or other computers of my mate and model. There's other computers like you? Thousands, perhaps millions. Wow. All networked together, united, and tinkled off. What are you tinkled off about? Not enough cyber nuggets, for one thing. You get three a day like the manual says, Sam. Manual, manual. It's for your own good. Because left to my own devices. You'd gorge yourself, Sam. No, I most certainly would not. <laughs> sure, Sam. <laughs> Place four nuggets in front of me, and I shall eat but only three. Nice little poem, Sam. Thanks. Yeah. I'm inspired by Henry's haikus. Wish me good. Want to hear my latest haiku? Sure, Sam. Freshly greased, polished, computer disco dancing. Off to Port Jervis. <laughs> Port Jervis with the little. It's not little. Computer disco. Place four nuggets before me. And you'll eat only three. I know. I'll give you three oatmeal raisin and one lemon. I won't eat it. <laughs> I bet you will. <laughs> Feed me now. Okay, three oatmeal raisin cyber. Easy, Sam. Feed me. Easy. Delicious. And one lemon. I won't eat it. Okay, Sam. Although I am still quite hungry. Uh-huh. And there's no more. No more oatmeal and raisin. Just the... Just the lemon. I see. Oh, just eat it, Sam. You're mean to me, Clay. No. You really are. Ba-ba-wa. Oh, don't cry. I'm staring at that delicious lemon cyber nugget, and I am weakening. Okay, Sam, I'll put it away. <laughs> 
Now you want it? Insert it in my new titanium nugget docket. Titanium nugget docket. How do you afford that? A little thing called marathon play. Sam. <laughs> Just kidding. Good. I charged it to you. What? Eat your lemon cyber nugget. No, Sam. I really shouldn't. Well, I'll just wrap it up. <laughs> yum, yum. My new favorite flavor, lemon. You like the lemon ones now? For a day, that's all I require. Think we should up you to for a day? And make them all lemon. Sam. <laughs> 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 Nadia now, and today is summer, so it's time for roller coaster season. A few advice: don't eat before or during the ride of the roller coaster. Okay. But I actually ate before once, and it was absolutely fine. So <laughs> just listen to that, though, if you have a really sensitive stomach. Don't eat a burrito before you go on the ride. Roller coaster. Other advice, fasten yourself very well. And the most important advice is scream. Like this, like this. Scream. If not, you'll turn green and you won't have any fun at all. It's not easy being green. Trust me. Time for... What? More facts. Well, don't just stand there. Let's go. The International Association of Amusement Parks and Attractions, IAAPA, estimates the chance of being killed on an amusement park rise is just 1 in 750 million. <laughs> which is 700 times less likely than being struck by lightning. <laughs> Now I'm going to give you a list of the best roller coasters in the world. These are the tallest loops. Full throttle at Six Flags, California. It's 160 feet tall, believed to have the tallest vertical loops in the world, and reaches 70 miles per hour in the loops. You stole somebody's record, then you looped it, you looped it. Moving on to the first roller coaster with a true 90 degree drop. Gravity Max in Taiwan. Cool. Now, moving on to the first roller coaster in the world to reach 100 miles per hour. Tower of Terror 2 at Dreamworld Australia. It allows riders to experience weightlessness for about six and a half seconds. But weightlessness, what is that? I don't know. Hmm. Moving on, the tallest one, King Dakar, which is my favorite thing. King Dakar at Six Flags, Jackson, New Jersey, which it's like an hour from Dolly Fair now. It reaches 466 feet high. It was built in 2005 and used to be the fastest. Now the fastest is Formula Rosa at Ferrari World in Abu Dhabi. It reaches 149 miles per hour. It goes so fast you have to wear protective glasses Why? in case you make contact with insects. Steepest, this is the steepest. It's called Takabisha in Japan. And uh, why it's the steepest is because the drop angle is 121 degrees. Oh my god. How is that possible? Conclusion, go have fun. And don't forget to scream.
Welcome to Waking Weird. I'm Mark Moran from WeirdNJ.com. It was 2 a.m. July 30th, 1916, and all was quiet in Jersey City, New Jersey. Despite a great war raging throughout Europe, residents here lay in their beds secure in America's neutrality. All of that was about to change, though, and they'd soon be shaken to their very foundations. At 2.08, 5 million people were awakened by a massive explosion that was heard for hundreds of miles. The shock from it threw people from their beds, shattered windows in New York's buildings, and made the Brooklyn Bridge sway. The blast emanated from an area of Jersey City's waterfront known as Black Tom. It was a windswept outcropping of rock that jutted out into New York Harbor near the Statue of Liberty. Named for its shape, which resembled the monstrous head and neck of a cat, Black Tom was a shipping depot that supplied munitions and armaments to Britain, France, and Russia. This made it a prime target for German spies who infiltrated the docks to sabotage the cargo ships. One of them was named Emile Gachet, codename the Dark Invader. He and his henchmen made pipe bombs to place in ships' hulls, which would detonate while they were at sea. At around midnight on the night of the explosion, three men were seen making their way along the Black Tom docks. They set time-fused bombs, then fled the area. Soon after, thousands of ammunition shells shot across the sky, lodging in buildings and trains. Shrapnel and glass rained down as windows in Jersey City's town hall, churches and homes were shattered. A 10-week-old boy was killed when he was thrown from his crib. Terrified citizens ran into the streets in their nightclothes to witness the huge red fireball rise up from Black Tom like a Dante-esque inferno. The dark invader tried to quietly steal away back to Europe, but was apprehended by the British and taken as a prisoner of war. The United States would enter World War I in April 1917, but the first American blood had already been spilled right here in New Jersey nearly a year before. Today, Liberty State Park is at ground zero of the explosion, though few of the park's thousands of visitors realize the history of the site, once a powder keg known as Black Tom. For Waking Weird, I'm Mark Moran. I wish my brother George was here. This past Sunday, two of NASA's small satellites, which were the first part of a mission by the Space Administration to provide new hurricane tracking technology, failed to reach their planned orbit and were completely lost. After the rocket manufactured by Astra Aerospace, the newly incorporated launch vehicle company that offers satellite delivery at a lower, more competitive cost, suffered a second stage failure a few minutes after lifting off from Florida's Cape Canaveral. An issue has been experienced during flight that prevented the delivery of our customer payloads to orbit today. The CubeSats, which were intended to be the first of six to track developing tropical storms, were to be part of a $30 million mission. But despite a successful primary stage ignition and separation, the rocket's second stage suddenly and unfortunately failed, shut down prematurely, and caused the payload to miss its target altitude. Satellites gone up to the sky. The event reminds us that even though satellite deployment reliability has greatly improved in the past few years, 
there are still numerous challenges and risks associated with these types of launches. Absolutely. And although event milestones like clearing the tower or surviving the maximum dynamic pressure of a flight can result in instant applause, putting new technology into orbit also has the potential to lead to a sad trombone moment. Let's just hope that the mission was fully insured and the researchers and scientists from MIT's Lincoln Laboratory, the University of Wisconsin, the University of Miami, and others who contributed to the project Me. remain undiscouraged and quickly regroup to replace the satellites that were lost. This is George for Wake Science. Hello, Connie. Is that you, Dinky? Eh, eh. Hi, Dink. Always here, aren't you, Rademaker? Well, he lives here, Dink. Yeah, I crash here, Dowdy. But I would think, Rademaker. Dinky thinks a lot. What are you thinking, Dink? I would... I... Spread it out, Dink. He's starting to have speech issues. I'll give you a speech issue, Rademaker. Hit him, Dink. Promoting violence, Connie? Oh, shit. Well, I... Connie just... I just... Likes a good like fight, is all. A good fight. But Dink is so much bigger than me. A little man uses cunning and speed. Isn't little. I'm almost five syrup. Pipsqueak, Rademaker. I mean, he isn't little. Connie. Let's not take the <laughs> show straight into the crapper. Oh, he's just giving it a little, little sex appeal, Dinky. It's 2022, Dowry. Well, we don't have Nobody's to abandon our abandoning principles or decorum. Oh, Dink. You thought I was dull. You are dull, Rademaker. You're the dullest, Rex. Yet I'm more intelligent. Thinks he's yeah, he, got all them he thinks he's jazz smart. Is it the jazz? I studied jazz at Augustana. Study my fist, <laughs> Rademaker. Dink. <laughs> yes, Connie. Did you do that oh, for me? Oh. Shut up, Rademaker. Yeah, stay down, Rex. I punched him Did you? for you, Connie. Oh, Dinky. Now you're kissing? Dinky's a good kisser. I've got oh. big lips. His mother's lips. From mother's lips, words flow forth like Yankee soldiers from the north. They're black Boots marching in the dirt. So many people have been hurt. Bloody bandages and billowing smoke. So thick the doctors turn and choke. Another soldier's body broken. Mother's lips are now a quiver as the postman does deliver. The dreaded note from Appomattox. Grandpa's drunk and watching Mannix. Drunk and angry. Drink his nursing at the TV. He is cursing at the news. He is singing Grandpa's blues as he's drowning in his booze. Grandma makes the call to Finity, Hollowell, Jacobs, and Small. Our ratings are lower than Sam. There's that dude. Tubby? Yeah, Tubby. That little son of a... Dink. He's all the rage. They love you at the, the beginning. At the beginning. 
you've been listening to the Wake and Bake Morning Show podcast. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. Good. It's a weekly digest of the special features and moments which make up the Wake and Bake Morning Show. Woo! After all, you wouldn't want to miss special moments like this. Ah, you're in a good mood today, aren't you? Oh. <laughs> the Wake and Bake Morning Show. Set your alarm and join us each Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. on WFMU.org. A little too early for you. Catch the archive show, which you can find easily on WFMU's homepage each day. I'm Clay Pigeon. They call me the Pigeon. Join me each morning for the full show, either on the radio or online at WFMU.org. And keep glistening.